Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you. It's not me. It's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. Hey there, welcome to episode 318 of Find Your Food Voice. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, a registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you are joining me today for this letter episode. If you're new to the show, well, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And letter episodes are episodes where listeners just like you write in to food or body or to diets or to really whatever they need to unpack. And I read you the letter and then we sift through some different ways forward. And then at the end, food writes back. Today's letter that I chose is one where someone frankly just feels like they have lost control. 
they were taught on a at a very young age that Atkins, remember Atkins, how popular it was in the 90s and the early 2000s? Well, they were taught that Atkins was the way to go to help manage your body, to make your body acceptable. They found some success in that area. It felt like successful until they would cheat and kind of mess up and then they'd go back and it evolved into more keto. Well, now this person is feeling exhausted by the option of going on another keto round because it just doesn't seem to work in the same way, but not knowing how to move forward. And you know, the thing that I know to be true is the only way forward is through. And that's what we're going to be talking about is how do you move through this? So sit back and relax. Um, I don't know, pour yourself a drink of something that you need right now or have a snack. And we're going to get to this episode's letter after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode of Find Your Food Voice is brought to you by my Decoding and Demystifying PCO Carb Cravings webinar. I wish you weren't taught to be ashamed of your PCOS carb cravings. You aren't weak for having them. You aren't gluttonous for eating in response to them either. You aren't doing it wrong. I wish you were taught these carb cravings are insightful. I have noticed there are two different types of PCOS carb cravings that give amazing, distinct intel. I wish you were taught from the get-go that both are to be trusted. Are PCOS carb cravings annoying as fuck? You bet. Should they be ignored or tricked? No way. Let's fix this. I'm putting together a mini training on PCOS carb cravings. It's a bite-sized lesson to help you move from chaotic with cravings to decoding their wisdom. You'll also learn the two different types of PCOS cravings and what they are telling you about your current PCOS symptom management. At this free webinar, you also get a peek into PCOS Power. It's an open house tour of all that is included. The learning modules, the community, the workbook, the discount, discounted dispensary, and so much more. And remember, it's free. So if you are interested, go to bit.ly slash PCOS Carb Cravings. Again, it's bit.ly slash PCOS Carb Cravings, and you will get to all the information and a place to sign up. Dear food, ever since I can remember, I was an insecure child who struggled with her body image. I wasn't even a heavy child, just so embarrassed of my body. Additionally, I was exposed to diet culture early on as the women in my family, especially my mother, became so invested in the restrictions of a diet that is all they can talk about, ultimately crushing and burning later on. I adopted the idea that the Atkins diet was the cure. It had to be with the way my family sang its praises, even though it really never changed the way they looked. In high school, I struggled with a binging and purging disorder. No, actually, I still wrestled with the thoughts all the time, and every now and again, I give in, which in the moment feels like a terrible itch I finally get to scratch. Food is comfort for me. Doesn't matter if I'm stressed, tired or happy, I want to eat. I love to eat and large amounts in a single sitting too, though I prefer the meal to be of quality ingredients and not something like fast food. Not that my relationship with food is of much quality in itself. Fast forward to 2018. 
I'm given some concerning news about an abnormal pap smear, and the doctor wants to perform a procedure to help eliminate these bad cells. Only I wasn't having it. I decided I wanted to follow a keto diet and heal myself naturally. Well, it actually worked. And even better, I lost X amount of pounds while doing it. Over time, I started slacking, eventually gaining it all back. Since then, I've been chasing the dream that I could lose those X amount of pounds on keto again, but it's just not the same. I have very little success, especially with the pandemic changing so many physical requirements I once had. I still try. I still cheat and try again. Try to change my focus to health like the old days, but I lost sight of what that was. Was it the giant salads for lunch or those bone broth only lunches? Was it macro tracking or the 10 plus different supplements I took every day? Who knows now? I am now 16 weeks postpartum, delivered via C-section. My confidence is shot. I try to appear like it's not, but my partner can see right through me. I'm also breastfeeding and already decreased my milk supply once, so anything else makes me terrified. My remedy for what this is just to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, and that's not good. I just want to be in control of myself when it comes to using food for comfort. I'm so tired of thinking about diets. It's exhausting. I want a snack just thinking about it, and I wish I wish it was a joke, but it isn't. Sincerely, losing control. Hey, the letter writer. I am so glad that you sent this letter in and I'm happy to just sift through it with you and figure out if we can uncover what your next best steps are. Your letter to me, I highlighted three core concerns or questions. (laughs) One was that you want control. You want control again so badly. You've experienced it and you desperately want to experience that again. Then the second core area is that food has been a comfort and this is not okay. This is not okay with you. And then third, you are 100% completely exhausted by even the thought of going on another diet. I hope I got that right because those are going to be the three things that I'm going to explore right now. First, let's talk about that control. And, you know, reading through what you wrote, it, it sounds like food has, instead of being in control like it was earlier in life when you first uh, experimented with Atkins and then moved to keto, ever since then, instead of food feeling like, and you're feeling in control around food, it feels chaotic. And the thing that I know to be true is your experience is 100% the rule rather than the exception. Especially if you've been told that your life or your whole life that your body is unacceptable or that bodies need to look a certain way or need to be focusing on something in particular in order to be accept- acceptable. One thing I know for sure 
what you have learned so far about food and weight has brought you to this chaos. I don't think it's you losing control. And this may be a really hard sell as I explore this, but I'm wondering what it would be like to not pursue the weight loss. I know you're in a super chaotic time. I remember being six week, 16 weeks postpartum and holy shit. It is like so chaotic. Go ahead and listen to some of my, my first uh, podcast episodes. That's when my podcast was called Love Food. I started Love Food when my youngest, who's now 10, was a toddler. And this toddler, and then I had another, um, my daughter was, I believe, six or seven. And both of them were not sleeping well. And for me, when sleep gets messed up, it's just chaos central. I'm not a joy to be around. (laughs) So, you know, I appreciate more than anything right now, you are craving that control that you experience with keto and the conversations that you witnessed when you were learning about Atkins, um, that this was the way to control things. I hope you can really zone in on one nugget of all the narratives that you've been told about Atkins, keto, or just dieting in general. That pursuit of weight loss is a very seductive fantasy. The weight loss quest, it gives you hope. Um, What people have shared with me about even like prior to the official start of every diet or food change, people would share with me how their mind would feel clearer. They're making lists and like preparing um, like meal plans and things like that. And again, like the mind is starting to feel clearer. And the idea of starting a diet may even feel safer than moments before. Like if in this moment, postpartum, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to start keto. And I appreciate that as that kind of sits in, you're connecting with that exhausting feeling or exhausted feeling rather. And we'll get to that in a second. But there seems to be a part of that that is very seductive. And I believe the start of a diet or the idea of starting a diet before it flips over to that exhaustion, I believe the start of a diet engages your mind in a daydream filled with hope, happiness, acceptance, and peace. And for you, letter writer, and probably you listener as well, it probably feels like control, but that's the fantasy. Here's the reality. Bodies change. Yes, every body, including yours, listener, the longer that you stay alive, the more it will change. We are all not meant to be thin or with a body mass index from 20 to 25, especially our whole life. (laughs) And your body, listener, your body prefers you to weigh a certain amount in this moment in time. That is your set point. This comes from genetics, past behaviors. And your body will be inclined to experience certain behaviors and certain kind of messages in your brain in order to get back to that set point, whether you've gained or lost weight. So if you experience cravings, binges, food obsessions, comfort around food, 
these up these behaviors and these messages occur after the body has been without consistent nutrition and not from you failing. I always say, if you've never heard me say this before, I want you to really pay attention. Failing a diet is not failing. It is you being a successful human. If your weight is higher than some recommend, I bet you have focused on weight loss most of your life. What if the diet is a part of this chaos, this food obsession? What if the diet was to blame, not you? What if the messages that you learned about Atkins and then it kind of just melded over, is melded a word? I don't know, but it went over to keto. What if it's the diet's fault, not you? I don't think food is something that is meant to be controlled. I think food is just like breathing, the need for hydration, the need for sleep, bringing up sleep again, the need for warmth and shelter. They are just constants. Like we have to have them in order to be a successful human. So you also mentioned about food being a comfort. So let's let's go into that part of the sifting. <laughs> um, because weight loss is such a seductive fantasy, it does move us away from the truth that food is required in order to be a human being, to stay alive. And my kind of way of believing about food, however we have evolved into the human beings we are or a higher power, you know, however you perceive your existence, I think food is comforting for a reason. I think it helps us to know to keep eating. And again, our brain will fixate on food as a means to comfort and calm, especially when we haven't had enough. I think that's on purpose. Like that's, again, however you know us to have evolved or exist, you know, I, I believe in evolution. So like, I assume that this happened because the more we thought about food or rather the, the more that our, um, ancestors were able to consistently get food, the more that we were able to carry on. And the the whole belief around dieting to control a person's weight, it does erase our existence as a human being. It thinks that we're just a robot, that we can just do calories in, calories out, that we're this math calculation that can just be solved. It forgets that we're not a robot. We don't exist in a Petri dish or in a lab. We actually have feelings. (laughs) We actually crave connection in many different ways. And food is a vehicle for that. So letter writer and anyone who can relate to this letter in any way, I hope you know that food feeling comforting is not a sign of weakness. Again, it's you being a successful human, you being an evolved human, and you're just doing what you need to do. There is no culture that exists without food being a comfort. I often think about how every culture has emotional eating as a part of it. It's not because it's bad. It's because it's normal. It's important. It's appropriate. It's 
part of how we continue to exist. I wish there was a magic wand where I could just wave it and, and you would like believe in every cell of your body that food being a comfort, especially when you're feeling so much chaos in your life. I wish there was a way I could help you, every cell in your body, just to believe that that's okay. Because I, I see that as one of the big tenets of actually cultivating your own food voice. And if the phrase food voice is awkward for you or new, just know that it has three key parts to it. One is defying diet culture. The second is declaring body liberation. And the third is reclaiming your peace. And connecting to food as a comfort is so important, especially for that last one, reclaiming your peace, because it will continue to exist. All right. So the last part that I kind of noticed in your letter was about feeling so exhausted with dieting. And especially in times of change, transition, chaos, stress, it's really normal and natural for dieting to pop up as a solution or even like a distraction. It just, I don't know, Shazam, it's there. That may be something to explore in another podcast, but it's really normal and natural for that to happen. So much so like if you go through another kind of chaotic time in your life, another season that feels similar to this postpartum season, I would just encourage you to like keep that notion in your pocket that like, yeah, that craving to do keto again and to try to lose that same amount of weight again, it's going to come back. It's so predictable. But you're feeling something different this time that I think is important to shine a light on. You're exhausted by that idea of dieting. This is something that we like to call in the non-diet conversations, diet rock bottom. And it's an important place to be. It's a really shitty place to be. It can be exhausting and you can be stuck there for years, decades. And I don't want you to be. But I also don't know what type of experience you're having, you know, what what things you are able to access in your body and what things you're not able to access. But that exhausting connection, you know, the, the craving to diet, having this kind of seductive fantasy, you may have stayed in that fantasy for a long time previously, but right now it sounds like it's fantasy. Then quickly it's like, oh God, no, I don't want to do this because you're starting to connect with that diets don't work for you. And that's such an important revelation for cultivating your food voice is knowing that diets don't work for you. But let's take it a step further because I don't want you to feel ashamed of this. I don't want to blame you to blame yourself for this. Diets don't work for you because they don't work for most people. There's enough science to know that no one should be recommending diets. There are zero weight loss interventions that help most people and improve health long-term. Even more, even more, we know that chronically dieting, which letter writer, that's what you experienced. I don't know if you would 
call it that, but you mentioned in your letter, I can't remember exactly the words you chose, but going on keto and then kind of moving away from it and cheating. I don't know if you used the word cheating, but something along those lines. That's not that you cheated. It's not that you failed it. It's like, that's just what dieting does. It's it's not sustainable. And whenever I talk about these concepts with folks, people will say, well, of course, you know, I stopped doing the diet, so it stopped working. Well, then it's that's not on you. That's on the tool that didn't work. And if the diet was supposed to work, it would be sustainable because folks in higher weight bodies, I know you're told that you have to lose weight and you have to continue to do that forever and ever. But with that all being said, there is something else besides like diets not working for you. That is so normal. And the majority, this is how a person's going to experience dieting. What we also know to be true is that going on and off a diet or staying on a diet the whole time for two years or more has been shown to cause poor health, cause inflammation, cause higher insulin levels, cause higher blood sugar, cause more, or not more, cause higher blood pressure, cause eating disorders, and is connected to more depression. It's connected to that chaos that you describe. So much, I wish, again, I could just pull out this magic wand and erase this kind of craving to feel control through fixing your food. What I've encouraged folks when I've met with them individually discussing these things is whenever you feel that craving to control through food, it may be for you, your brain and your body. It may be a way that your whole self is communicating that you need more support. It will come in the form of like, hey, let's go on a diet. And again, it's probably a distraction, but it may also be like this window into oh, I need something else right now. And it may be more support. It may be acceptance. It may be a good night's sleep. (laughs) And it also may be, I need to practice unconditional permission to eat. I need to practice eating enough food. I need to have more experiences enjoying food without guilt. I, again, don't have this magic wand, but I hope that this helps you to sort through it. And I hope it helps you to feel less shame and blame, less alone, and that you're not this out of control person. You're doing this human thing really well. And I'm proud of you. You're doing great work. Connect with that diet rock bottom and letting yourself stay there and noticing that it will direct you to where you want to go next. All right. So I see that food is written back. Before we get to food's letter, this episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast is brought to you by our Decode and Demystify PCOS Carb Cravings free webinar. You can get to all the details at bit.ly slash PCOS Carb Cravings. And if you enjoyed this episode, we are so glad. We work really hard every week to bring you a new episode that helps you to reclaim your peace. And if you enjoyed it, if you learned something new, we would love it if you shared this episode and hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And 
We will be getting to Foods Letter in just a second, but I want to let you know that I appreciate you so much and I look forward to checking in with you next week. Until then, take care. Dear Losing Control, we wish you didn't learn that food was an object to control. We wish you didn't learn that your body was to be controlled. We see how exhausted you are with the restriction and chaos, especially during stressful times. What if this exhaustion wasn't a sign of needing more control, but rather needing more support or a break or fun? We hope you know you are a successful human and we hope you can reclaim your peace even in the toughest moments. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice Pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.